And welcome back to another edition of Talking Ball with the Czar. I'm Emory Hunt, the Czar of the Playbook. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan. And if you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes by searching Football Game Plan Podcast. And I have a special guest with me today, defensive coordinator and secondaries coach Ola Adams out of Villanova University. Coach, I appreciate you taking time. Um, thank you uh, for having me. I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time uh, to give me an interview. Well, Coach, you're coming off a fantastic game. When we're recording this, you're coming off a fantastic game performance against Colgate, and it's week zero. So you guys, in my opinion, you guys had all spring, all summer to, to prep for this game. Is that the case? And, and how were you able to get those guys so in tune to what was going on to where you guys really hit the ground running defensively? Um, you know, in the off season, we really, you know, just focused on ourselves as far as, you know, trying to become closer as a team and and just focusing on, you know, the new defense that we were, were going to start running. So at the end of the day, the extra time did help, but our focus is mainly, you know, on us and our execution and what we can do to control the game. So you know, I think our guys did a great job executing, you know, the game plan that we put in. You know, we found a few tendencies and things that we thought gave us an advantage, you know, and took advantage of that. Um, but extra time never hurts, that's for sure. I don't think a lot of people understand the role of a defensive coordinator. You know, you guys have a unique job. What goes into coordinating a defense? I mean, the biggest thing uh, that I think about, and we're trying to just break it down to its simplest form, but, you know, just relationships and, and making sure that, you know, you have a good relationship with, with the coaches that you work with, um, with the players that you're coaching, making sure that the coaches that, you know, that aren't are on your staff have a good relationship with their players. So, you know, just making sure that, you know, we can get, the message through, you know, from the top down that we're trying to express. So, you know, when it comes to scheme and, and that sort of thing, I think that's the easy part, but just getting everybody on the same page, uh, really off the field and making sure those relationships are there, you know, before we start the football part, you know, it's very important to me. Now you, you found your way to the, to the secondary because you were a tremendous player at Concord university uh, played free safety. You were a ball hawk when you were out there. Um, when did you know? Because I, I, I want to think that guys, as former players, you, you kind of have an idea, or sometimes you may not even know that you want to coach. When would when did that idea start to pop up in your head that, you know what, I want to continue to, to be involved in this game? Because it, it starts from, you know, I want to continue to play, and then once that dream, you know, starts to fade away, you okay, I want to stay involved but in what capacity? When did you know you wanted to coach? Um, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, after I, after I got done playing at Concord, I tried to continue to play. You know, I worked out uh, for the Redskins, didn't make it. So I still had a semester left, you know, to do of, of college. And they basically offered me, you know, free tuition, you know, and I could come back and coach uh, for the semester. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, but once I started there, I wasn't exactly sure I wanted to continue to coach. So, you know, after that semester, I went home and interviewed 
you know, for a few jobs. But while I was in my second interview, I kind of realized, you know, that's not where I wanted to be. That's not what I wanted to do. So, you know, I called one of my former coaches um, that actually was at Cortland State at the time. So he coached me in college, but he gave me my first opportunity to coach. So it, it happened pretty fast. Um, but, you know, when I started coaching, I just thought back, you know, to all the coaches that I had growing up. And I really started to realize that, you know, I feel like I was groomed, you know, to be a coach all my life. So I guess uh, everybody has dreams of continuing to play, but the percentages of that are pretty low. And, you know, it just worked out to where I got the opportunity, you know, to start at, as a student assistant. And you're, you got a great start at Cortland, too. Uh, you know, you were a D.C. over there. And, you know, now you and then after that, you, you coached a couple of positions. We'll get into that in a bit. But going from a D.C. earlier in your career, then making your way back to now being a D.C., what growth did you see in your, your coaching style, your coaching uh, philosophy or approach from 2008 to where you are now? I mean, uh my first year um, as a defensive coordinator, I was at Cortland State. I mean, I was 24 years old. So, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm 33 now. I don't feel like I still feel young, you know. And I, like you said, I've been able to coach different positions. And all the different things that I've experienced um, on the offensive side of the ball or, you know, when I interned with the Chicago Bears, I was with the defensive line. Um coaching receivers, coaching running backs. I've been exposed um, to a lot of different things that I hasn't, haven't been exposed to before. So it's definitely, to me, an advantage. Uh, when I went to Columbia and coached receivers, you know, we actually ran the, the New England Patriots offense. So, you know, I had a nice thick playbook, and that was kind of my start, you know, to learning the offensive system. And just learning the different splits and the different pass concepts, uh, the different reads, all the different things that come with, with playing offense, it helped me, you know, understand what I could do on defense to affect it. So, for example, um, coaching wide receivers, I didn't know how hard it was to teach somebody how to get off press coverage. You know, I know how simple that sounds, but coaching receivers to get off of press coverage is pretty hard if they can't do it naturally. So, Obviously, on my end now on defense, you know, I'll definitely look into if a receiver can get off a of press coverage. So it's just a, just the knowledge um, that I've been able to get from the offensive side of the ball has definitely helped me um, on my return to defense. Well, that's a unique approach because I, I was a running back. And when I was coaching high school ball, they had me also coaching defense. And at first I was worried. I was like, man, I don't. You know, I, I've been my whole life on the offensive side of the ball, and now I'm coaching defense. But then I realized, like, man, I can teach these guys what I would look for from my perspective as an offensive player to help them get a better key on what they should do, try to anticipate a little bit better um, to, to really be effective as a defensive player, have them thinking offensively as opposed to only thinking uh, defense. That was actually going to be one of my other questions, how you were able to get, you know, realize, man, let me – coach these offensive guys and it helped make me a better defensive coach because a lot of guys just want to stick in and just and stay in their nice little their circle yeah that, that's a good point um 
here's kind of how that went down. So, you know, I'm, I'm at Cortland. I'm the defensive coordinator. You know, I got a call from the coach at Columbia at the time, and I went down there to interview for the DB job. But when I got down there, he sat me with the offensive staff and was just kind of in there, you know, you know, talking ball. And he just starts popping some questions. He's like, all right, you know, what's your favorite coverage? And then he asked me, how, how do you beat it? So, you know, I showed him some different cover, you know, some different offensive concepts that we had trouble with. And he kind of looked around the room and he's like, hey, you know, what do you, what would you think about coaching wide receivers? You know, he said when I was with the Patriots, um, Josh McDaniels was our defensive quality control. He said Matt Patricia was our offensive quality control. He said, look at those guys now. So that was the start of me sitting there. I'm like, dang. I'm like, you got a point here. I'm like, I'm <laughs> 27, 28. I said, if this is, if there's a time that I should switch over and coach offense, it's right now. Um, and it's risky because you never know if you're going to be able to get back on defense. But, you know, it, it all works out. Um, but to your point, when I was at Columbia, coaching receivers, yes, I was worried. Like, man, do you have the knowledge and the expertise to, to get that job done? Um, but the reality is, you know, teaching is teaching. Um, all, all through this experience, what I realized is that I get my group of players to play as hard as possible all the time. And with my personality, you know, no matter the position. So the, the position is not as important than, you know, getting guys to buy in, getting them to play as hard as possible, you know, harder than their opponent and play with good technique. So, you know, um, my advantage being able to tell them what good defenses look like, um, what a certain coverage setup is going to look like, what it looks like when somebody's going to blitz you, um, what we were reading when we were playing press coverage against a wide receiver. So as a receiver, now you can know how to beat that. So there's all kinds of advantages um, either way you look at it. But um, from my perspective, I'm a defensive guy. So, you know, I always looked at myself as a narc, you know, even when I was <laughs> right. on offense, you know, I always, always uh, was save pass concepts that I thought were neat that gave defenses problem and, and figure out how I could stop them. And I looked at it the other way. I would help the offensive coordinator. I'd say, hey, this defense cannot handle this uh, offensive concept. You know, that was kind of my thing. So um, I had fun with it. Um, and, and I'm just glad it worked out to where I can get back on defense. Normally, you don't see defensive backs, former defensive backs, become defensive coordinators. A lot of times, you know, Ty Bowles is, is one example, and, and there's many others. But um, for the most part, you usually see defensive line coaches or line, former defensive linemen, former linebackers become uh, defensive coordinators. So from your perspective, you know, being a DB, being a former defensive back, uh, do you take a back-to-front approach when you're when you're creating or coordinating your defense? It, it has your perspective, does your perspective as a former DB give you a unique perspective when you're, you know, building your defense? Um, I'll tell you this. I, I definitely, I know I'm a DB, but I, you have to take a front-to-back approach, no, no matter what to me. Um, funny story here. So back in 2009, I was a DB coach at Cortland my first stint there and you know I was just getting started so you know I didn't know <laughs> a ton 
And I was a past game guy, so I, I drew the Skelly cards and things of that nature. And I, I could do the back end. So one one week we played a team that did nothing but empty. So I had to do an empty period, and I had to draw cards with routes, but also the pass protection. And that is what I was not sharp on. So I, I, I was fresh out of college, didn't know anything about it, and, and I just tried to wing it and just tried to do it. And, you know, I did a terrible <laughs> job at it. And my head coach at the time, he's my ment- my biggest mentor, um, Dan McNeil from Cortland. He-, he told me, he's like, dude, what the heck is this? You know, he's like, <laughs> you know, I can't teach the players and tell them where to go. And, and it was just like, wow, you know, I, I got to get more knowledgeable on what's going on up front. So from that day forward was when my mind went to being a defensive coordinator, me and Coach McNeil from that day on, sat every day, and he taught me pass protection. And, you know, and and so then I learned how to attack pass protection. And, you know, that's why, you know, getting sacks and putting pressure on the quarterback. At this point, you know, that is my primary focus. Uh, On the back end, it's, it's how can I cover what they're doing. But it all starts with up front and attacking protections or stopping the run. And then how can I cover and not give up big plays in the back end? So whatever, if we can cover in the back end and play zone, then that's fine. If we got to cover man-to-man and and take some more risk and maybe even give up some yards, that's fine. But, you know, we're not going to give up the run game and we're going to put pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, those two things to me aren't, (laughs) aren't negotiable. You know, it's funny. I remember my freshman year at, at University of Louisiana, and, you know, we got our playbook and, you know, coming from high school, you're thinking, OK, 34 dive, three back, four hole and you go. And we didn't have any I didn't know any concept of defense. So we ran, you know, zone scheme. And so when we got the playbook, it was like, OK, 15 zone. And they had like maybe 12 different defenses drawn up. And I'm sitting there looking like, wait, so there's not just three, four and four, three. Like, what the hell is all this? And. You know, I didn't know what a shade was. I didn't know 60. I didn't know anything. I'm like, damn. You know, I, I really had to learn defense in order to play offense effectively. It blew my mind. So that just being that, that you know, you, you kind of single-minded when you get to a, a certain spot. It's just like, man, I realize, you think you know, but you have so much to learn. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And, and just coming off of college, you know, I was a – captain i started for four years i made the calls on defense so you think you know you know what's going on and you know the biggest thing to get the players to understand is we were you know i was in your shoes i thought i knew what i was doing uh trust what i'm telling you (laughs) and do it because you don't know what you're doing you know you're coming out of high school so you know uh our coaches and our players um, we have a great working relationship I think that's the most important thing that we're focusing on is is getting them to do what we're coaching them to do and making sure that they trust us as coaches and our expertise that we'll do our best to put the best players on the field and put them individually in the best positions that we can. But the focus to us has to remain, you know, on the bigger picture and, and, and you know, the sacrifices that have to be made, you know, in order for us to be successful on defense. So, you know, it's definitely a balance for sure. Now, when you last played, it was probably, what, 2008, right? So a little bit over a decade. Um, 
has playing the position and has playing defense changed since the last time you, you were out there on the field? Football has changed. Uh, it's more spread out and that sort of thing, more one-on-one action, you know, whether tackling or coverage-wise. But for me, for, you know, the position or, or football fundamentally hasn't changed. You know, uh, my message to the team before our, our first game was technique and fundamentals. You know, it's something I learned from from Mel Tucker, uh, who I had the opportunity to work for. But, you know, blocking, tackling, uh, you know, running to the football, giving great effort, what, what has changed? So those are the things that we try to focus on because scheme, you could change scheme all you want. If you don't have guys that are going to give great effort and maybe cover up a player to, you know, that a defense may not work to because you can't create a defense that works to everything, then you're not going to win. So for us, the focus is on technique and fundamentals, you know, and, and playing fast, tough and physical. You know, those are the things that we talk about. Um, I do not think the game has changed. Uh, I think that you have to do a better job matching personnel, but the NFL has been running nickel and dime personnel. That's nothing new. Uh, you know, on different levels, maybe they're not running as much zone read in the NFL, but, you know, from a college standpoint, you have to account for the quarterback more, um, but that's not a positional thing. That's, that's just more overall defensively. No, when I'm watching you guys play defense, man, I just enjoy watching, you know, defensive play. And it, and it can go for defense and offense, but just speaking specifically toward the defense, if you don't have that dog mentality on defense, it's not going to work out for you. And you saw that uh, in that game against Colgate at every level. But more particularly in the secondary, you saw guys that did not care about the outside run. They didn't care about somebody coming downhill. They flew up in the alley. They were flying up in run support and not just getting in the way, but they were laying sticks on, on these backs. Like, what is that dog mentality that that a lot of people may not understand? Can you explain that? And how important is that for a football player to have? Um, You know, especially playing defensive back, you know, you, you have to have you know, a dog mentality, as you're saying, you have to be aggressive. Um, you have to be forgetful. You know, we, we put, you know, our guys in stressful situations and they handle them well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we try to frame, you know, our theme this year around calling ourselves organized chaos. So, you know, for us, uh, it all starts with our preparation. I think our guys were prepared for that game and they were in the proper positions you know, that, that they practiced all week. So when you put in the work, you know, you watch the film, you know, you, you prepare, you're where you're supposed to be in practice and the game that slows down for you. You know, I think that's what happened, you know, as our guys were very comfortable, you know, with what they saw out there from Colgate, you know, from the, from their preparation. So, you know, the more you prepare, I think the more fast, you know, the faster you could play, the more physical, you know, you could be during the game. Um, so I, I think, you know, I attribute, you know, our physicality, our, our ability to be able to play downhill to our preparation more than anything. Well, when you when you face, you know, you talked about the spread, you know, the game is now spread open. When you're facing, let's say, like an air raid offense or an option offense, 
how does that how does that adjustment go for you? How do you you know coordinate against that? Because probably you're seeing more spread, more air raid as opposed to seeing option. But imagine playing those you know two teams in back to back weeks. How are you able to, to overcome that and get those guys ready to play? Well, my, my focus. Yes, you have to know if it you know what particular kind of offense it is, whether, you know, they like to run their quarterback a lot, whether it's truly an option and, and all that different stuff. I, I don't really, I don't really focus on that. My, my focus is who, who's the best player, <laughs> you know, who, who do we have to take away? Um, you know, make, make guys that make guys on their team step up and play big, you know, that, that's more of my focus. So, you know, playing Colgate, our focus was to take the quarterback out the game and, and, and make other people beat us. And that, that's what they had trouble doing. So, you know, again, what kind of offense are you facing? No, it's, to me, it's more uh, who, who do we have to take away this week? Who's their biggest threat? And what are we going to do um, to take that threat away? And can we handle, you know, can our defense handle us doing a little bit extra you know, to make sure that this player doesn't have a big game, are, you know, are we a little bit lesser in the run game because they have a great receiver? Um, those are sacrifices that, you know, that have to be made sometimes, um, you know, and I think you saw that in, in the Colgate game. Now, you've had success on offense. You've had success coaching defense, but I don't think you get enough credit for the success you've had in a third facet of the game in special teams. And being a special teams coordinator – I think that's quietly one of the, the best tracks to take to becoming a head coach. How critical is, is coaching special teams and how much of that do you think kind of help prepares you to not only be, let's say, a coordinator, uh, offensive defense, but also maybe a head coach down the line? Um, coaching special teams was a, really a great experience. Um, it, it's tough, you know, but there's a lot that comes with it. So to your point, um, Coaching special teams is a great opportunity to, to be able to get in front of the whole team, you know, every single day, you know, and, and I'm, I was always the first message of the day. So, you know, it's, it's really important that, you know, I brought a good message every day, you know, as well as the head coach and really echoed his sentiment. So that, that part of it was pretty awesome, but you know, the roster management was, was crazy. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize um, how many moving parts there were, you know, when it came to special teams, whether you're trying to play starters in certain special teams, uh, whether you're giving a little bit too much faith to the starters because, you know, and, and, yeah, they could practice it, but in, in, in hot games, they may not be able to give you 100% every play. So, you know, should you play a lesser player, you know, a lot of sacrifices, you know, have to be made on special teams. So, making sure that everybody had a role and everybody felt important or that they had the opportunity, you know, to contribute, you know, if, if they did right, you know, was important to me. So it was, it was a great experience, um, but a very stressful one uh, to say the least. <laughs> it, 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 to, to be able to coach how you are and, and stay in the game, we know it takes passion and you got to love it. What is it about the game that you would say you love the most? Um, what I love the most is, is the relationship with the players, you know, um, no matter, again, uh, the position you're coaching, um, the scheme you're running, it's all about, 
uh, the meeting room. You know, it's all about the camaraderie. You know, my, my room's never changed. It's, it's, it's been, we have fun in my, in my meeting room. Um, but we also, you know, I'm a very serious dude. You know, I want to, I want to make sure that we're the best at, at what we're doing. So, you know, making sure that that's the number one priority and, and then working from there, um, just seeing the kids grow um, is, is awesome. So um, the relationships with, with the coaches, you know, over the years and all the different things that, that I've been able to learn has been a, has been a great part of the game also. So um, yeah, there, there's a lot of different things that I love just even practicing, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> game planning. There's, there's a million different things about, you know, this game that I love. Now, you're a young defensive coordinator, a young coach in general. Uh, what advice would you give a guy that may be you know, contemplating continuing his football career and jumping into the coaching ranks? Um, the biggest thing uh, that, to me, that holds people back is, you know, you can't worry about the money. Um, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to make, you know, a lot of money and all that, that, that type of stuff. And people don't coach because – they have to start out making a little bit of money or they get out of coaching because maybe they, they don't feel like they're making enough money. You know, if that's the focus, then, you know, this probably isn't, you know, the, the right business to be. And I know my first year coaching, when I stopped worrying about that is when I started having more success. So, you know, I think it's, you know, the relationship with the players, again, that that's going to make, make you successful. So, you know, if your focus is, is trying to change kids' lives and, you know, make them better through the game, um, then I think this is the right profession. But um, not worrying about the money could definitely help you uh, help you stick with it a little bit longer. Not saying that it's easy, but um, I think the, the start has to be focusing on, on making sure that the players, you know, are in the best positions that they could be in, um, not worrying about, you know, moving up in this business or how can I make the most money you know the business is all about relationships i know what i wanted to ask you it you know because you're talking to a db and i want to make sure i get this question in here for the fans out there that may not understand what is the most underrated part about playing db because a lot of people just feel as though hey just go out there and cover but there's a nuance in the science of playing a position what's the most underrated part you want to get out there and, and educate people on i mean I, w I would hope that people don't think playing DB is easy. I mean, <laughs> we're playing against potentially, I mean, statistically, we're playing against faster players than, than us in some cases uh, as wide receivers. But, but really, we're, we're used to playing against bigger players than us, and we're playing backwards. No matter how you look at it, we're playing backwards, whether we're backpedaling or we're using some sort of technique to move backwards, and we have to transition and be able to run with these, you know, elite athletes. And in a lot of cases, not being able to be physical or, or put our hands on them in certain situations. I think that's pretty hard, um, especially when you play against a pinpoint quarterback. There's not many things you can do, you know, to, to stop uh, guys from catching the ball. So, you know, we have different things that we do to, to disrupt um, offenses, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a tough position to play. Uh, defensive back, if you separate them, safety, you have to have a little bit, you have to be a little bit more knowledgeable. You have to be able to 
get people lined up. Um, there's a lot of formations that aren't easy to see, and you have to anticipate the new formation, get out the new check, and make sure that that's communicated to everybody. That's a big role. Um, as a corner, a little bit less communication, but, you know, we've put our corners on an island a ton, and, and they have to win one-on-one. So as their job might be simpler, simpler defined, um, actually doing that job is very hard. Would you consider the secondary to be just like the offensive line in that regard? Um, two different animals. Offensive line is is the number one position in, in the game to me. Um, but but for us, they're, they're in a confined space. We're in an open area. That That's the biggest difference. Being in an open area, we're a little bit more exposed um, as far as giving up touchdowns and that sort of, sort of thing. They're more exposed than giving up sacks. You know, so that that's a different or, – or, or tackles for loss in the run game. So if you're watching the game on TV, what are you going to notice more? A four-yard loss in the run game or a touchdown, you know, from the that's offense? A, you're going to notice a, good a point. touchdown. Or, you know, we got a tackle in the open field, you know, and that was a big focus. Our first game was, hey, they may, they may get close to creasing some. Let's knock those down for eight to ten-yard gains. And – you know, if you see a 30, 40 yard run, you're going to think, man, where are the, where are the DBs at? You know, are the, did they break tackles to get that game? So, you know, I, I think uh, it's just two different animals, but offensive line, uh, knowing what we're throwing at offensive lines, that's the hardest position, <laughs> you know, to play. So I, I don't want to downplay, you know, their stress. Well, before we get out of here, Coach, I know why a student-athlete nowadays would, would choose Villanova, but from your perspective, what makes that place great, and why would a student-athlete choose to play for the Wildcats? Um, first and foremost, uh, Villanova has a great you know history when it comes to athletics. Um, people think uh, basketball, you know, usually before Villanova, and, and we don't shy away from that. You know, that's a reality. Um, but they, they've established themselves as one of the elite programs in the country. You know, I, I, I tell people they're the Alabama of, of basketball. You know, so we can't say that we, we're the Alabama of football. But, you know, Coach Talley, you know, was here for a long time. And his last year, he was the all-time winning as coach in Division One. you know, on both levels. So I would say that, you know, we've played pretty good football here in the past. We've won a national championship you know, in 2009, you know, we've had a lot of players go to the NFL. So, so that side of it's cool. And being able to say, hey, I, I could, if I'm good enough, uh, I could have a chance to win a national championship. And if I'm good enough, I could have a chance to play at the next level, coupled with getting an education, you know, from one of the top schools in the country and one of the best locations in the country. You know, that, that's hard to beat. Um, I'm, I'm from Northern Virginia. My best friend, Scotty Reynolds, you know, he played basketball at Villanova. You know, I, I played AAU at Villanova when I was 14. So, you know, this is a great institution with great people. Um, when it comes to our coaching style as coaches, again, we focus on, on really honestly loving our players, trying to build that relationship and trust. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not – I don't think we're old school in our approach as far as, you know – you know, being crazy hard on them as far as, you know, 
you know, trying to make them tough and all that kind of crap, you know, <laughs> right. we, we, we want to get them executing and, and doing things the right way. We hold them accountable when they don't do things the right way. Um, but we love them and, and we want the best for them. So, you know, knowing that your coach wants the best for you as a recruit, you know, I think it, it's very important. Coach, you guys do a fantastic job out there at Villanova. And again, I've seen it up close to personal firsthand. When we first met, you were a running backs coach. And and just to be able to watch your growth and your progression in this business has been fun to watch. And I'm not surprised that you're having success as a defensive coordinator at the Division One level. And, and we appreciate you taking time, stopping by, talking some shop. Hey, man, uh, it's just one one game. You know, we got a long season. Uh, and we're, we're just going to take it one game at a time. Uh, but to your point, man, it's been great watching you, you know, grow also in, the, in these years. So um, I appreciate, you know, you ha- taking the time to have me on and, and wish you the best uh, the rest of the season. Well, Coach, definitely we'll meet up somewhere down the line. And again, good luck. Enjoy this bye week, but good luck the following week and the rest of the way. And, and uh, thank you again for taking time on the show. All right, brother. Thank you a lot, man. I appreciate it.